much more than praying. Let's do the right things. Yeah. There's no point praying when you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Because every action has consequence. We can't always rely on God to on God to help us to dodge the consequences of our action. No. That's that's not how the kingdom works. Yeah. That's not how the kingdom works. So we need and we need to keep talking to ourselves. We need to keep talking to ourselves and um, getting things done the right way. Our road was completely submerged yesterday. As in some part of this road completely submerged. The vehicles could not pass. I was seeing pictures on Channels TV. That will not just happen. It happened because we didn't plan well. It happened because we were taking some wrong actions. The meteorologists, they had predicted that the volume this year will be unprecedented. And all of us heard that in the news and we smiled it away. Mostly. Yeah. But at the same time, God is still a merciful God. Yeah. And when we pray, he hears us. But we should do the right things. We should do the right. Let me look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, do the right things. And our environment will be preserved. Praise God. Have you welcomed your neighbor to church this morning? Please shake hands with somebody. Welcome them to church. Welcome them to church. Make sure you're smiling. Yeah. If it's too cold, I will tell them to reduce the AC. Just make yourself comfortable. Yeah. And stop thinking that the world is coming to an end. <laughs> praise God. I said, praise God. We're starting a new series of teachings this morning. Uh, by the way, how many of us have gotten uh, messages from Accelerate? You, you have your copies or you have listened to any message again after Accelerate. Can I see a wave of hand? You have listened to any Accelerate message? All right, not too bad. All right, so I want to encourage everybody. Um, the, the, the way the word of God works is that it's like sowing seeds. You remember the parable of the, of the sower? The sower you know, sows the seed, is spreading. So you, you, you have to make sure that the, the seed of God's word enters your heart. We are definitely in a new season as a church, as families, as individuals, and what, you know, will characterize the new season is the seed that you are sowing. You know, you can't just show up on your ground and say, oh, the season has changed and all that, but you didn't put any seed into the ground. Because the moment you put seed in the ground, then you have hope to harvest something. But if there's no seed in the ground, it's just, um, but we're just playing along. Let me just put it that way. Because it's the seed of God's word in our heart that changes everything. Praise God. So we're starting a new series of teachings this morning which seeks uh, to open up our heart to something that is very, very important to God and must be important to you and I. It's very, very, extremely important to God and must be important to you and I. Praise God. I want you to join me in your Bibles in the book of Acts of the Apostles. I'm going to read from verse 6 down to 8. Acts of the Apostles chapter 1. Chapter 1 and I'll read from verse 6 down to 8. Acts of the Apostles chapter 1 verse 6 down to 8. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Very great question, question that really, you know, bothered them and a great concern to them because Israel at that time has been under uh, um, the rulership of the Roman government and they thought that when the Messiah will come, the Messiah, one of the principal things the Messiah will do is to give Israel independence and cut them off from every 
form of tyranny and establish God's kingdom the way God spoke to Abraham about it. Don't forget that Israel, I mean, all the time, they think about the covenant that God has with Abraham. So they ask Jesus this question. Now that we perceive that you are the Messiah, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive what? I need you to help me preach this morning. You shall receive what? Power. Yeah. He said you shall receive power. You shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be what? Uh, I can't hear you. Yeah. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the heart. The Lord bless the reading of his word. Start the new series of teachings this morning that were tagged Star Witness. Star Witness. Can you help me ask your neighbor, are you a star witness? Star Witness. Jesus said, don't bother yourself about many things. There are certain things to bother about. In life, you need to choose what to bother about and what not to bother about. If not, your heart will be encumbered by many things. Yeah. You need to choose what to bother about. What, what is important? What is priority to God? As a child of God, I need to understand what is priority to God if I will have a good relationship with God. Yeah. If you have a friend whose priorities and your priorities don't align, you know that that friendship relationship cannot work. Yeah. Cannot work. Because you are going in two different directions. The reason why marriages also struggle is when the priorities are not the same. So there's no focus. No, we don't have one vision. We call it True vision is division. That's where the word division comes from. When you, you have more than one vision. Yeah. So what joins us together a lot of the time is unity of priority, which is unity of vision. We're looking, we're, we're looking we have a goal that we want to achieve together. Uh, business partnerships will break apart when there's division or division. When somebody's running in this direction, another person running in this direction, and we don't have a common ground. In our relationship with God, it's the same thing. There has to be a common ground, a common ground. And it's about understanding what is God's priority. Because if I understand God's priority, then we will have a common ground. There will be a common ground. Jesus said here, focus on what should be priority. Yeah. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. You shall be witnesses unto me. You shall be witnesses unto me. It's because it's in the process of being a witness that your priority and God's priority aligns. Let me take it in a, in a different direction. What is the, the best thing that you have ever done for anyone? Time will not permit me this morning, but I really would have loved to hear from us. Because somebody here will tell us this morning, I paid somebody's school fees. Somebody here will say, I paid somebody's hospital bill. Another person will say, I bought a car for someone. Yeah. If you ask me personally, I've done many things for many people. Uh, I, can't, I wouldn't be able to say maybe this is the, the best thing or the most important thing that I've done for anyone. But I, I've done a bit. But thinking about this message, uh, the Holy Spirit started to impress on my heart the fact that all those things that we celebrate, all those things that we do to people, uh, are they the most important things that we should actually do? In God's own scheme of things, the most important thing that you can do for anyone is to witness Christ to them. Yeah. 
That's the most important gift that can be given to any human being. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? Are you still with me today? I read in a book many years ago about a man that was very popular, I think, in the 70s. This man wrote on the, the bridge around Edo here in Lagos, man was created to suffer. And you know, back in the day, they didn't used to write many things like that and defacing place. Maybe it was one of the few things. And it stayed there for many years. The writer of the book was saying that the man who wrote it wrote it out of a deep philosophical impression. The man obviously had been living under the bridge there without any help, without any, to the point that his brain had been tattooed with that statement, so he wrote it out. You know when you have thought, thought, thought about something and your situation keeps confirming it? <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. The man found a paint and wrote on the wall there on the bridge, man was created to suffer. And many people will read such things and tend to say, okay, if it resonates with them, they say, maybe it's true. It's just like when you, when you drive around the city of Lagos and you see buses. I don't know if it still happened. Back in the day, we used to have a lot of molewares. Yeah. And whether you are inside or outside, they're speaking to you. Because at the back of a molewares, you see something like, no woman, no cry. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the overriding philosophy of some, some, somebody who has authority over the molewares and decided to send the message out to everybody. Yeah. I know that came from Bob Marley's song, but that's what some people believe. The writer of the song, the singer of the song, obviously have suffered many things from the hands of many women. <laughs> and then we push, you know, the mindset. And some people too have, I mean, I'm not preaching marriage, so please don't, don't, don't because some, some women are already looking at me somehow. Please. I just use that as an example. It doesn't mean that I subscribe to it. I'm just saying <laughs> So, uh, I need you to understand where I'm going is that people speak out of the impressions of their heart, the abundance of their heart. And we need to clear something this morning that man was originally not created to suffer. Man was not created to suffer. Man was not created to live anyhow life. Man was not created to live less than God's plan for him or her. What is happening is that there's an intervention that we are looking away from and taking away from man. And it's affecting how we live. Is somebody still with me today? God created man for his delight. God wanted a family. He wanted a family. He wanted to raise co-creators with himself. When God did the work of creation in Genesis 1 and 2, by Genesis 3, God, I mean, had created another companion and left the work of creation to him. That was God's plan for man. Genesis 2, I think, and 15, God gave man his JD, his job description. This is the garden. Sit there, till it, make it work out. Yeah, make it work out. Keep it. That was, that was God's plan for man. So man to be fully engaged and continue the work of creation from where he stopped. So God created apple, man created apple juice. That was God's plan. Man was supposed to function in God's, you know, Scope, let me put it that way. Yeah, within the same scope with God. That's why he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness so that he can do the things that we do. You can only make someone after your likeness if you want the person to be like an extension of yourself, your offspring. I might say with you today. So God created man because he wanted a family. 
wanted a family, wanted co-creators, wanted offsprings. Yeah. That's why God created man. Man was not created to suffer. Man was not created to suffer. Man was created to be in God's family. And everyone that is outside of God's family today, the devil will find a job for them. Yeah, they, they will do something else than what God had in mind for them. Glory be to Jesus. The real gift that God wants us to give, the real gift that God wants us to give people is the gift of righteousness. Yeah, and I'm going to get into that in a bit. I'm going to get into that in a bit. Let me ask a, a, a second question. What is the most important or valuable thing to you? You know, I ask, what is the best thing you have ever done for anyone? What's the most important and valuable thing to you? One of the issues we're dealing with in Africa is the fact that we don't have, uh, we're not in sync with God when it comes to what is the most important thing to us. The most important thing to God, the most important thing to God, the most valuable thing to God is the soul of man. Yeah, the soul of man. I was in Rwanda the past week and um, in the midst of all the uh, preaching and teaching uh, with, uh, with my friends. We took our time to go to the uh, um, Genocide Memorial in Kigali. Wow. You know, when we were about to take the tour, we were smiling and giggling, and we took a picture, a selfie. The moment we started the tour, one of my friends said, we should delete that picture. It doesn't fit this experience. We can't come here and post a selfie where we're smiling. It was, I mean, at the beginning of the tour, then they would play a video to you, just to get an idea of what this is all about, then you then get in to take the talk. Uh, it was heartrending. It's, it's a testament to the fact that we need to rejig our minds about the value of a soul. Yeah, the value of a soul. Do you know it affects everything? And those of us in church are the ones that need to re-engineer this thing. See, when you have a road, with serious portals that if somebody runs into it without knowing they can be injured, they can die the people who live it like that they're not just corrupt, they lack value for human beings Yeah. when you have a system where if somebody runs to an emergency they can't place a call and my friend who came to minister a while ago uh, uh, Pastor Bosu Arosho, who came from Canada gave me a story while we were just uh, you know, uh, in my office before we came to preach his wife had an accident, um, auto crash, you know, a few months ago. So my sister told me, my sister lives in Canada, so she told me about that. I tried to read them just to know what's going on. But we're just getting, I was just getting the real gist. This man said, I don't know what happened. It was uh, uh, winter, we we're chained to winter tires for my wife's car, you know, and that was the car she was driving, but she still had this crash. He said, by the time I heard about it, I, it took me, he said, I, I think he said it took him two or three hours to know which particular hospital his wife was because they had moved out to three different hospitals by, by chopper, helicopter, within that time. Just caring for her without anybody being around as family. Her husband, by the time her husband would find her, she was like two hours away that moved her to the best place that she could get the best care because there was emergency service. Here, you have to even, <laughs> I, I don't know how it will pan out. She was supposed to lose the usage of her limbs and everything, but today she's hale and healthy because there was emergency response. It just shows where our priorities are. Yeah. 
Human beings are important to God. There can't be development anywhere where what God esteems high, we esteem low. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, it affects everything from education to healthcare to the state of infrastructure because human beings will engage those infrastructures, not animals. And if their life has to be better, if, if we really think about them, then things have to be done properly. Yeah. Our facility managers here, I quarrel with them all the time. I say, human beings are going to engage these things. They are the most valuable assets to God. You're not doing it for me. You're not doing it for the pastors. You're doing it for the church members. And it has to be good. Because we're not here. You're not here for the pastor. We're here for the people. Yeah. And things have to function the way they have to function. You have a gentle pastor on the pulpit. But when I get out there, and uh, <laughs> I'm not nice. And I'm not nice simply because I don't like it when something that should serve someone is being treated anyhow. I can't be nice to you if you do that. I need to tell you to your face that you're doing a shoddy job. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, I wear different hats. This, I'm wearing my pastor hat now. Yeah. When we're in the office, I'm wearing the hat of the chief executive. Yeah. They're different, different, completely different. Different. When I'm talking to my kids, sometimes I say, now I'm not wearing the, the daddy's hat. I'm wearing a tutor's hat. So sit down there. Open your book. Yeah. If you look away, if you... <laughs> you know, there are two different things. Some of the pastors have seen me deal with my children before. You understand what I'm talking about? <laughs> there are two different things. So we, we need to understand that human beings are very, very important to God. And the soul... Of the man. Very, very important. Jesus said, what shall it profit a man? Yeah. If he gains the old world and then loses his soul. That means this old world, with everything inside it, with all the money on Wall Street, is not as important as the soul of a man to God. Yeah. It's not as important as the soul of man to God. It's very important. Romans chapter 5, let's move quickly. Romans chapter 5, verse 17 to 19. The Bible says here, and this is why we need to be witnesses. This is why we need to preach the gospel. This is why we can't afford to pay lip service to it. In this series, I'm trusting God that somebody here will gain boldness to preach. Yeah. Somebody here will lose the shame for the gospel. Because there's something you should be ashamed of, and there are things you should not be ashamed of. But we have turned it upside down. The things we should not be ashamed of are the things we are ashamed of. And the things we should be ashamed of, we are no longer ashamed of them. In fact, the millennial generation, like it's been written over and again, it's a shameless generation. Yeah. We have turned the shame upside down. Yeah. People who now want to be politically correct, we are ashamed of the gospel, ashamed of that and that. And, but we are not ashamed of our butts, so we show it. So we wear half a yard clothes that will show some part of, you know, we wear, I mean, we're not ashamed. In the real human beings, read Genesis, when they realized they were naked, they were ashamed. <laughs> but now we have turned everything upside down. <laughs> what happened between Genesis chapter 2, chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3, 
and 2017, what happened? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. A lot has happened. Priorities have shifted. Things have changed. But we can't run away from the beginning. Because God has his own original intentions in the beginning. And when you go to the book of the beginning, you see God's original intention is always there. And his own intention has not changed. Say amen, somebody. Very important. Romans chapter 5, from verse 17 to 19. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more, those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteousness, one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. I, I want us to read this last verse together. Can we go? Verse 19. Want to go? Let's read verse 20 together too. Want to go? Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. So, it, it's, um, it's important for us to understand what, what, what I'm driving at this morning. The Bible talks about the fact that through one man's disobedience, sin came into the world and we all became sinners. And through one man's obedience, what happened? Righteousness came into the world. And the Bible says we have received abundance of grace and the gifts of righteousness. Abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. So, the gift that God wants to give, the gift that God wants you and I to be positioned to give is more than paying somebody's school fees or buying a car for someone and all that is good. But the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. So the good news is about abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. That's why we witness. See... We need to understand something. The most moral person on this planet today, without Jesus, does not have the gift of righteousness. And it takes the gift of righteousness procured by the blood of the Lamb for you to access the kingdom of God. Can somebody be moral without the kingdom? Yes. Is morality enough? No. Yeah. Because you have people who don't know Jesus, but they've very upright and straight. But the Bible says that the morality of a man, the righteousness of a man is that feel the rags before God. Yeah. So I feel the rags before God. That God has his own way to access him. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except by me. It's not by works. Morality is works. Because as we speak this month, some people will say, oh, my colleague in the office is an okay guy, you know, doesn't go to church, doesn't 
It's not a, but it's an okay guy. You can be okay, but okay on the way to hell. Yeah. There's no better way to say it so that you understand it. And you see, as I'm speaking this morning, I know that there will be some arguments in the mind of some people. How can somebody be nice and okay? And God, God said, I don't, I'm, I, I, I don't send your, like we say in this part of the world, your morality or your righteousness. There's only one way to atone for sins. is with the blood. Yeah. It's not by being righteous. It's not by trying with works. I don't know if somebody's following me this morning. Yeah. The righteousness that comes through Jesus is what gives alignment with God. That's why it's called righteousness. One thing that it does to you is that it starts to move you into alignment with God. It comes with grace. That's why the Bible says we have received. Those who have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life by one man, Jesus Christ. Are you still with me this morning? That's what we were told from people when we refuse to speak to them. That's what we're holding back from them when we refuse to speak to them about Jesus. That's what we're holding back. Can you hear me look at your neighbor this morning? Stop holding back. Tell them, say, stop holding back. Say, you should be the star witness. You should be the star witness. You know, many people are far away from God today because, generally speaking, nobody is speaking to them. Nobody. If they actually have an opportunity, they will engage God. But nobody is speaking to them. Nobody is talking. Those of us who are supposed to be talking to them, we are distracted with many things. In fact, some of us are second-guessing our own salvation. Yeah. That's the problem. Some of us are still second-guessing our own salvation, let alone even try to talk. And what we don't understand is that it's in trying to talk and seeing that God can use us and the power of God can flow through us that we validate our salvation. Why do you think that Jesus sent his disciples out two by two to witness? It's because he knows that it's one thing for you to tell somebody you now have a relationship with God, the power of God can flow through you, God can use you. It's another thing for somebody to go out and see it happen. <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah? It's another thing for somebody to go out and just see it happen. Because when you see it happen, you now tell yourself, ah, so God really, really wants to use me. God really can touch somebody's heart through me. I'm not as bad as I think I am. And that infuses energy in our spirit to even want to do more. Are you still with me this morning? I said, are you still here? Praise God. So it's, it's extremely important. In Mark chapter, Mark chapter uh, 6 and verse 7, the Bible says that, uh, and he called the, the, the twelve to himself and began to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean spirit. You know it's possible for you to give somebody something. Give them power over unclean spirit, but there's no unclean spirit around. How would they know they have received power? So he said, go. Yeah. Since when you speak to someone and you see that the person, the Holy Spirit starts to touch the heart of the person, and the person all of a sudden starts to realize that there's something that they need to work on. Sometimes you see people break down who are so confused about their marriage, confused about everything, and all of a sudden you're speaking to them, God is using it to touch them. You leave that place. See, the, 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 the soul winning is, well, I mean, was a, a, a core cause, a principal cause in Jesus' discipleship curriculum. 
it, you, 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 none of the disciples had a carryover. They had to engage. They had to do it. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. In this day and age, the curriculum has not changed. If you are wondering why you are not growing the way you are supposed to be growing, sometimes it's because you are not a disciple. You, are not, you, you, have, you have disengaged from, from that part of discipleship, which is to be able to speak to people about Jesus. Because when you speak to the people about Jesus, that you see how God can use you to touch lives. And it changes something about how you see yourself as a believer. It just changes something about how you see yourself as a believer. So round off this morning, I, I want somebody here to understand that people are dealing with many things. Many people are messing up their lives. And they are covering up. But they are waiting for you and I. When Adam messed up in Genesis chapter 3, when God showed up, what happened? Adam started hiding. For the first time, they realized that they were naked. And they were ashamed. And so they saw fig leaves to cover their nakedness. Many people are still sowing fig leaves today. Yeah. Still sowing fig leaves today. That's why you see them and you think they are okay. God looked beyond the fig leaves and said, Adam, they are not good. They are not okay. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. Today, we also need to look beyond the fig leaves. We need to look beyond. People are covering up condemnation. Covering up guilt. How do you think people sink into addictions? It's in a bit to cover up one guilt, you know, that put another one on it, and then it becomes a regular thing as a palliative for their conscience. And you look at such people and you think that everything is okay around them. You work together. You do business together. You, and, but you're quiet about the best gift that you can give to them, which is salvation. Which is to even ask them the question, how are you with Jesus? And to share your own story with them. What does it mean to be a witness in a law court to say what you saw? Simple. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. To say what you saw. And the star witness is the one that has a major story to tell. The clencher. The story that can deliver the case. Is there somebody in this house this morning who has a story to tell? Is there someone in this house this morning, God has been good to you before? You have seen the goodness of God before. Can I see a show of hand? God has been good to you before. Yeah. If your hand is on, not up, there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. What, is, what does it mean to be a witness? Is to say it. How God has been good to me. To say it. To say it. If we're not doing that, we gradually slip into losing the joy of our salvation. That even salvation doesn't mean anything to you again. You know some people say, well, when the devil is trying to trick people's mind, they start to say things like, what's even the value of being born again? Dangote is not born again, he has money. Is he about money? No, no, no. You, you see where we are as a people? Yeah. Is it about money? People have been richer than him before in generations past. They can't be remembered again. I'm sorry I'm, I, have, I have to use somebody's uh, name. I don't do that too often, so please forgive me. Especially if you work with Dangote Group. <laughs> please forgive me. I won't do it again. Yeah. But I, 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 I just need to say this, that you understand that it's not about that. Because I hear people say that a lot these days on social media. Young people, 
just saying all sorts of things. There's a difference between being wealthy in the things of the physical and being rich towards God and having a relationship with God and knowing where you are going in eternity. And recognizing that you have a mandate on your life that is from God that must be fulfilled. If the mandate upon your life is only about money and good life, it's not good enough. Yeah, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. Good works without the gift of righteousness is not good enough. It's good but not good enough. Act 10.38, our God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil? For God was with him. God was with him. He was healing, preaching, and teaching. Can we say that together? Say healing, preaching, and teaching. Yeah. In fact, it starts with good works, healing, preaching, and teaching. Any good works that is short of the impartation of the gift of righteousness, helping people to engage God, it's not good enough. It's good, but not good enough. Good, but not good enough. Somebody stay with me this morning. I said, are you still with me this morning? As we continue with this series, we're going to dig into certain areas. Talk about the impact that the Great Commission should have on you. Talk about why you should be unashamed of the gospel. Talk about how God really wants to use you to make a difference in other people's lives. Extremely important. Extremely important. Our world is crying out for help. And God wants to use you to touch somebody's life. And this is the time. This is the time. This is the time for it. 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 Many people are alive but dead. Alive but dead. And we need to bring them out. Yeah. We need to bring them out. The best behaved moralist is still not qualified for heaven. As seemingly unreasonable as that statement is, extremely scriptural. Yeah. Extremely scriptural. The best behaved moralist is not qualified for heaven. In fact, the best behaved moralist is a good candidate for heaven. We just need to open the door for the person and give the person the gift of righteousness. Yeah. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. Let me close with this this morning. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Let me challenge somebody with that this morning. From verse 14 and 15. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace and who bring glad tidings of good things. Can you hear me tap your neighbor and tell your neighbor, say you are sent. Say you have been sent. Your feet should be beautiful because you are carrying the good news. 
Somebody may be asking, when was I sent? When Jesus gave the great commission in Matthew 28. Therefore, go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And he said, Lord, I'm with you. Even to the end of the age. Glory be to Jesus. I want you to stand on your feet this morning. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Hold the hand of someone by your side. I know the rain is still affecting some people. It's very quiet this morning. The message is also sobering. One thing I want us to do this morning as we wrap, wrap up this service is I, I want you to bring to your mind right now a picture of two people that need Christ that is around you. Two people that need Christ around you. We're going to pray for them right now. Maybe you haven't done this before. Maybe you haven't done it this year. Maybe you haven't done it in a long time. It's called kingdom advancement prayer. It's not about bread and butter. It's that the kingdom of God will grow. God wants to build his family. I know you want to build your house. I know you want to build your business. But God wants to enlarge his own family also. Yeah. When we pray kingdom advancement prayers, that's what Jesus said when he said, Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things. Yeah shall be added unto you. Yeah. Let me ask your neighbor, do you have your two? Ask your neighbor. In your mind, do you have your two? Yeah. Uh, are we ready? I said, are we ready to pray? Are we ready to pray? I want you to lift your voice right now and begin to pray. The hand of God comes upon those people. We're praying in agreement as a church that the hand of God comes upon those people. That grace comes upon them. I want you to pray right now that this week, God will order their steps to the places where they will encounter the gospel. I want you to stand against every plans of the devil over their lives to keep them in darkness. Stand against every plan of the devil over their lives to keep them in darkness. I want you to mention their names to God. And say, Lord, I pray for Ade. Lord, I pray for Bumi. Lord, I pray. I want you to just mention, I pray, pray for Clement this morning. I pray for Ugo Chuku. I ask, Lord, let your hand rest upon him. I break the power of the devil. I break the power of darkness over him. In the name of Jesus. I want you to pray this morning. I want you to pray this morning. I want you to pray this morning. This is how we start. The moment we start to pray, we develop passion for unsaved souls. And God gives us grace to be able to speak to them. I want you to lift your voice and mention those names this morning and declare that the grace of God comes upon their lives. Declare that the grace of God comes upon their lives in the name of Jesus. That the hand of God rests upon your friends this week, your family members this week. Everyone on the highway to hell declare in the name of Jesus that my God turns them around, turns them on the right path in the name of Jesus. Declare this season as a season of salvation for them. Declare this season as a season of salvation for them. I want you to pray knowing that this is the most valuable thing to God. This is the most important thing to God. He said, ask of me the heathens and the uttermost part of the heart and I will give them to you as your possession. 
when we pray God opens the door for them when we pray God directs them to the foot of the cross in the precious name of the Lord Jesus lastly this morning will you pray Lord touch my heart make me a soul winner let the things that touch your heart touch my heart help me not to carry my eyes away from an unbeliever who is going to hell will you pray this morning will you lift your voice this morning Lord make me a soul winner I want to win souls for you give me grace this week to win souls for you give me grace this week to be able to win souls for you I want you to pray this morning. Pray this morning. Pray this morning. I receive grace. I receive divine direction. I receive wisdom. And I will use this week to speak to someone about you. I don't want my life to just be only about me this week. I want somebody to engage the kingdom because I spoke to them this week. Yeah. So I want somebody to engage the kingdom because of my influence this week. Use me this way to challenge somebody to engage Jesus in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we bless your name. Lift your two hands to him. Give him a wave offering all over this place. When we lift our hands to him, it's a sign of surrender to him. That Lord is all about you. It's all about your goodness in our lives. It's all about your grace. You are the one who preserves our lives. We want this life to count for you. We want you to use us this week to encourage someone is on the highway to hell to, 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 to speak the word to them that something new may start in their lives Father we thank you, Father we bless your name, we give you glory and praise I want you to please have your seat, please have your seat you may have your seat